All right, guys, mind if I pray to get us focused a little bit? I like praying. You guys up to praying? Yeah. You guys, yeah. you guys pray yourselves? Yeah. Do I pray to myself? Do you, do you pray on your own time? Do you pray out loud or do you pray quietly? Quietly. Quietly. You guys? Separate yourself? Yeah, I'll You guys, do I need to separate you guys? No. Okay. You got, you got one more chance. Okay. Well, then, Ben, you guys want to pray with me for a second as we pray for anointing on what's going to happen tonight? Right. Well, Father God, tonight, Lord, we just come before you, Lord, we'd ask for your, your presence once again. ask for your presence, God. We ask for your anointing here that my words that I say tonight, Lord God, would be directed by you, God, and you would cause us to have a life-changing experience with you tonight, Lord God. Show us how our future, show us the next steps that we need to take in our Christian walk, Lord God, so that we can uh, come to you in our final days, Lord God, when we see you and you can say, well done, good and faithful servant. God, we, um, we just want to, we want to hear what you have to say to us tonight, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. God doesn't want us to hold on too tight to the future that we believe He has that, that we believe that He has planned for us. Instead, He's asking us to leave it in His hands. Let me say that one more time, okay? God doesn't want us to hold on too tight to the future that we believe He has planned for us. Instead, He's asking us to leave it up in His hands. We talked last last time we got together a couple weeks ago about what we want to do with our lives and some of the the things that we we believe that we're called to do. Um, God wants us to not hold on too tightly to those things. He wants us to hold them up like this to Him so that He can form it and shape it and really make into um, you know, the passion and desire of our heart really into you know, develop into what His will is for our life. Okay, I just want to read um, a couple passages. <clears throat> it's, oh, it's kind of a long passage, but it's out of Genesis. It's about Abraham and Isaac. You guys know the story about Abraham and Isaac? Most of you guys know about it? Let's go ahead and let's start the scripture, and we'll just read through it real quick. This is out of Genesis 22, 1 through 19. This is what we're talking about tonight. It's called about finding your purpose. It's called, I have a purpose. Genesis 22, 1 through 19. Later on, God tested Abraham's faith and obedience. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied. Here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mount, on one of the mountains, which I will point out to you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood to build a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place where God had told him to go. On the third day of the journey, Abraham saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the young man, or the young man, the boy I will travel the boy and I will travel a little bit further and we will worship there. And then when, then we will come right back. Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the knife and the fire. As the two of them went on together, Isaac said, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the wood and the fire, said the boy, but where is the lamb for the sacrifice? God will provide a lamb, my son, Abraham answered. And they both went on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told Abraham to go, he built an altar and placed the wood on it. Then he tied Isaac up and laid him on the altar over the wood. And Abraham took the knife and lifted it up to kill him, to kill his son as a sacrifice to the Lord. And at that very moment, the angel of the Lord shouted to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham! Yes, he shouted, I'm listening. Lay down the knife, the angel said. Do not hurt the boy in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. 
You have not withheld even your own beloved son from me. Then Abraham looked up and saw a man caught, uh, saw a ram caught by its horns in a bush. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering on the altar in place of his son. Abraham named the place the Lord will provide. In Hebrew, that's called Jehovah Jireh. The name has now become a proverb on the mountain of the Lord. It will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your beloved son. I swear by my own self that this is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me, you have not withheld, because you have obeyed me, where I lost my spot, because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your own beloved son, I swear by my own self that I will bless you richly. I will multiply your descendants into the countless millions like the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore. They will conquer their enemies and they will, and through your descendants all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And because you have obeyed me, then they returned to Abraham's young men and traveled home again to Beersheba, where Abraham lived for quite some time. Sorry, I know that was a long passage, but what happened there? He Did he? he well, that he feared God so much that he was willing to sacrifice his only son. He feared God so much that he was willing to sacrifice his only son. Was it because he was scared of God? He loved the Lord so much that he would do anything for him. So when God said, you know, Abraham was old when he had his first kid. <laughs> Pretty darn old. <laughs> so it was his only kid. And here he is sacrificing it. Him, I should say. Man, that's, that's incredible. Think about that. What if, I, I mean, if God was to call me and tell me to go sacrifice my boy, whew, how devoted am I to God, you know? So this is what we're talking about tonight. Not, not something that your own children, I'm not talking about that, but we're talking about tonight your purpose. And uh, we, we all have dreams and desires, things that we want to do. And sometimes we desire to have those things so much that we put them before God. But what, what I want to do tonight is I want everybody to write down on these pieces of paper the things that they desire to have the most, the, the things that they want to do the most. You can put the next slide up here. It'll tell you a little bit, some, some examples or some ideas. But um, say you want to be a skydiver, or, or say someday you want to go skydiving. Just put that down there. Someday I want to go bungee jumping. No, put multiple things. Put down the things that, that, that are on your heart that you that you want to accomplish. Make it like a bucket list or something. I don't know. But you know, so, this, no, we don't want to take too much time because we still got stuff to go through and stuff I want to show you. So. Um, and, So go ahead and take a few minutes to do that. Because what we're going to do with this next part is, is pretty, pretty important. <laughs> oh my goodness! Ed's got balloons! Oh my gosh! Let's freak out! Yeah. 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 Yeah.
This isn't what you think. Okay, are you guys done yet? Yes, plenty done. Yes, plenty done. Guys, we're not breathing helium tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is not the deal. Can we after? Can we after? Can we after the end? Is that a song? Don't let him go to the roof, though. I think it's a purple one. There's spiky things on the roof. It'll pop. Okay, guys, focus. Are you done yet? Yes. Okay, when you're done, come on up here. I want green. No, he gives you what you green. Merry Christmas. Oh, do you have to give those? No, no you're not, I'm not taking those from you. What you're going to do is you're going to roll those up into a roll. And you're going to tie it to the bottom of the string. Okay, you got it? You guys got it? What did I say? You're going to roll it up and tie it to the bottom of the string. Like you're sending a note to somebody. In space. Is that the one? Put on phone numbers and see how many people call us. I want the blue one. Oh, I see on Dear Adam Sandler, I wish I could be like you. I'm laughing. Like that, because it got to me. That'd be awesome. I'd be seeing you all the way to wherever you live. Should I have some pink balloons, sir? I like the pink balloons. He said no. Get out of there. Anybody want a white? I'll take one. Do we double on it? I want a blue. I want a green one. Just please. Give me one. Yo. Helium! Helium! Which one you want? I'll take pink. That is well. Pink is manly. Pink's the new black, you know. I know, huh? No, pink's the new green. Can I let it go? Okay, is that everyone? Yeah. Those are helium for No. Okay, everybody's got one? Yes, sir. Okay, and tight. Make sure it's not too heavy and that it'll still, that it floats. Okay. If you need help, let me know if you need help. I can do it for you. You got it? You want me to hold it? You got it? I stole a balloon on three. Dear Ed. Oh, mine's falling off. It's not tight enough. Now, do these, uh, can I see those real quick? Is this slope? Okay, cool. Thank you. This is my high school diploma. Brandon, where'd you All right. Oh, Brandon. Okay, everybody, have your attention. We're going to go outside together. We're going to get in a circle. We can do circles, right? Oh, I don't want to let go. Okay. We're going to let these go and give them to God. Okay, this is the idea. Now, don't let them go until, until I say so, all right? So, 
No, it's all go outside and let's do this. Come on. Hey, come on. Ah, I should have signed my name so people saw. Jason, help. Put a number on so that you could see how many people are on. I gotta get my flashlight so I can watch it. Oh, damn, I put my name on my card. You're like, so you're gonna, me. You let your phone go? Oh, it looked like your phone was attached to the string there. <laughs> I put my name on my card so if somebody finds it, they can get it. Alright, let's not do this. Let's not take too long. It's cold out here. <laughs> can I have one of the extra balloons? Afterwards. Alright, circle. Right here. Immigrant! Alright. Come here. Okay, circle up. Let's make a tight circle. Okay, come here, guys. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, okay what, here's what we're going to do. Everyone's going to put their balloon in one hand in the center. And the other hand, you're going to put your, your other hand on the person's shoulder next to you. So let's come on. Let's get closer. So we're going to have to get closer to do this. Whatever it needs. Yeah, whatever. Left oh, hand. sorry. Everybody put it in your left hand. Yeah, left hand. There you go. All right. In your left hand. All right. Now, on the count of three, this is what we're going to say. Unto God, unto you, God, I give you my dreams and my hopes and desires. Okay, you got it? Unto you, God, I give you my hopes, my dreams, and my desires. Okay, one, two, three. Unto you, God, I give you my hopes, my dreams, and my desires. Go ahead and let me go. I don't think so. I think they went over the tree. I think I'm pretty sure they went over the tree, guys. Inside. Good job, guys. Good job. Good job. I think people in people in Fon can Fonz can smelt that. All right, come on, let's get back. Let's get back and. Now, how many of you guys, how many of you guys really meant that when you let when you let those balloons go? We're not going to do this. Let's look at some. I got some questions to ask you guys. All right. Number one, is the idea of letting go of what you want to do with your life difficult? Huh? Is the idea of letting go of what you want to do with your life difficult? No? 
Can you keep it up? That wasn't me, though. I don't. Keep, you don't have to make a big deal out of it. Huh? So we're good. Why is that? Why is it easy for you? Why is it hard for you? It's difficult. It's difficult. Why? Well, do you mean letting go as it as in like for good? And not, not wanting to do it anymore? No, not saying not wanting oh, to do it, no. but giving it up to God and say, letting Him decide whether or not it's going to happen for you. Is that difficult? No. It's not difficult. So He said it's not difficult for Him. Is it, it's difficult for you? To let it go? Give it to God? It's not, why is it not difficult? Because you know like, you're giving it You've given it to somebody that cares about you and will get, will do for you what's best for you? That's good. Good, good, good. Well, here's another question. Do you think that you could plan your life better than what God has planned for you? <clears throat> what do you want to do that is hard to give over to God? Wait, what do, you, what do you want to do that is hard to give over to God because you may be afraid He will take it away? What are some of those things? Uh, you don't have to answer this out loud. I mean, you can if you want to, but some of these things are really personal for a lot of us, right? Does anybody want to answer that? What about the second question? Is that thinking right or wrong? Is it, a, is it, is it right to be afraid that you won't be able to do it? That's that control. Well, again, you know. you yeah. yeah. Good, 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 good. Now, the, the last time we, we got together, we talked about all of us being leaders and our influence over other people. But this week is, is a little bit more purposeful. I want to talk about our purpose here in, in this life. So I want to play a video for you real quick yes. about purpose. No movie. I will now fulfill this banana's destiny. Born in the jungles of Guatemala, braving Arctic blasts and marauding elephants, shipped halfway around the world, and now its destiny fulfilled to be consumed by me. Enjoy this banana, for this is what you were made for. This is why you were placed on our blue planet. Here at the end of your life, you may look back without regret, for you were made for me, and in you, I am well pleased. Enter into the joy of your master. I know where that banana is entering in the next 24 hours, and it ain't joy. Fulfilled bananas. Clonics got them, others don't. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> How many of you guys have ever seen this movie? Oh, that's a movie? No, this next this this oh. next clip here. Oh. You guys seen this? So, a few guys have a few of you guys have seen it, right? Okay. How many of you guys remember the, the 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 kid, the youngest kid, the youngest boy, I should say, in there? Um, Edmund. 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 Yeah. Edmund. Truffle, truffle knuffles. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Like series of books, man. This guy was an amazing writer, and they all had a parallel to to Christianity somehow. Yeah. 
This was the kid who was destined to be a king of Narnia, right? But when he arrived there, he had no idea. But the witch ended up finding out, right? Because she knew about the prophecy, right? And um, so then what happens? What, what happens when he runs into the witch? She tricks him into going with her. Not, not quite yet. Kind of. No. She tricks him. She tricks him into leading her, his siblings, to her castle so she she could turn them all to stone. And, and that's it. Seat. Basically, she starts off by giving him something to drink. That's right. And she, the whole idea behind her trickery was to get her to get him to bring his siblings to her so that she can capture them and that she would not lose control over the always winter, never Christmas deal, right? So how does she do that? She offers him something to drink, and then he gives him, you said, truffles? No. Truffles, Sugar with compressed sugar with compressed sugar. Sugar with sugar with sugar with sugar on top of sugar. It's called a Turkish delight. Yeah, exactly. I've had them before. They're actually really good. (laughs) That's a real thing? Yeah, it really is, dude. Totally, totally. Yeah, they are. There's basically, there's no nutritional value at all, right? all sugar? Yep. Yeah, there's like a gelatin thing. So basically, guys, he eats and he eats and he eats and he all he does is he wants more, right? But the witch is talking to him and everything is like, no, more Turkish delight. He's just chowing down, right? But that's basically like lust. I mean, let's just parallel this for a second. This is like a really um, parallel thing to, to sin. Um, lust. Do you guys know what lust is? The bad lust, lust can be looking at somebody, sure. It could be a look. It could also be a desire for something that you can't have. Yeah. Um, uh, basically, lust for things like sex, power, you know, uh, money, negative relationship, whatever. You know, to lust after something means that you want it so bad that you'll do just about anything to get it. And basically, that lust is like the Turkish delight of your soul. You know. <laughs> Um, in the end, all you want is more and more and more. So we're just going to watch a little piece, that little piece uh, when Edmund uh, meets the witch, and we're just going to run through that real quick. So let's watch that, that, that clip. Maybe we could do that sometime. You drink fire. How did you do that? I can make anything you like. Can you make me taller? <laughs> Anything you'd like to eat. Turkish delight? I would very much like to meet the rest of your family. Why? They're nothing special. Oh, I'm sure they're not nearly as delightful as you are. But you see, Edmund, I have no children of my own. And you are exactly the sort of boy who I could see one day becoming Prince of Narnia. Maybe even king. Really? Of course, you'd have to bring a family. Oh, 
doing? Peter will be king too. No! No, no! But a king needs servants. I guess I could bring. Beyond these woods, you see those two hills? My house is right between them. You'd love it there, Edmund. It has whole rooms simply stuffed with Turkish delight. Couldn't I have this small now? No! Besides, you and I are going to be seeing each other again very soon, aren't we? I hope so. Your Majesty. Until then, dear one. So, okay. Little quiz. What was what was the witch doing while he was eating those Turkish delights? Blasphemy. Mm, no. <laughs> She was tricking him, yeah. Huh? But what was the witch doing? The witch was drawing him in. She was interrogating him, right? She's asking him, asking him all these questions that he wasn't even paying attention to because he was like, just you know, sucking it all in, right? He's so hung up on this candy that isn't even you know question or curiosity. So, the thing, so think about this right now, okay? Think of a time right now that you got caught up in something that you shouldn't have been involved in. <laughs> you got something? Like some that actually happened? Yeah. <laughs> you guys want to share anything? No? Okay, that's alright. Hold on. I'll share something. I got to think about it. Which one? going to go, I think? Okay. Yeah. Okay. You got one? Yeah. Um, I got caught up, and I'm going to regret this a long time. I got <laughs> caught up in cheating in my math. My parents would let me correct it. So if I got too many answers wrong, I would mark them off as right. And then I got caught. The same thing happened to me when I was in high school. Except in high school, um, it was a whole other way of doing, of, of grading papers and stuff. But if you got it wrong, once you had to do the whole paper over. I, I don't remember how exactly I did it, but I ended up doing what you did, cheating. And the teacher pulls me aside, and this is after I claimed to be a Christian. You know, I was still a newborn Christian, but she pulls me aside and she's all, Ed, I thought you had more integrity than that. I'm like, oh, you make you the heart. I'm like, I do, really, really. But, <laughs> but yeah, she, she was awesome like that. She's the best teacher I ever had. So, did you want to share? Not yet. I don't have okay. what you? At one point, I was smoking cigarettes. Smoking? Cool. All right. Um, well, here's the next question then. According to what you, what you guys just shared with me, how were your eyes blinded to some of the things that were going on around you? Thinking you were popular. Thinking you were cool. Yeah? And you really weren't fitting in? You you think that what you're doing is right. Yeah? Like, you start to, your mind starts to trick you and think, oh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It turns out to be... When when you were intoxicated, if you will, if you got drunk or drank or whatever, I don't, did you get drunk when you drank a lot and stuff? No. Did you remember the next day what had happened that night? Yeah. Most of the time? I never got that bad. Not got that bad. I always did it because it made me feel like I, um, it made me feel like I actually 
kids that do what they did. Mm. And I actually, that was the only time I ever had what I thought I could ever have fun See, a similar thing is going on here with, uh, with Edmund, right? I mean, she's getting all this information out of him that she has no, not a clue about. You know, why do you want to know about my family? Why do you, why does it, why do you want to see them, you know? And, and it's all this ploy to get him to, to bring his siblings to them, right? So here's another, another question. Now think of a time when you were manipulated or when you manipulated somebody else. Have you ever played the role of the witch? Yeah. Have you ever manipulated people? You, you can think of a time. Did you want to share? Um, well, a lot of the time, I would manipulate other people to do what I wanted them to do, but I would give them what they wanted. But I guess it's still manipulation. Yeah, it's still manipulation. Um, like I used to make fun of people, calling them fat and stuff. Ladies <laughs> manipulating them and putting them down. And, and then people started doing that to me, so I was just well, manipulation in the, in the simplest form means that you're using somebody for your own purposes, not for the, not for their good, but for your good. Okay. <laughs> Mama said you could go get me a cookie, <laughs> and you got yourself a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was with my cousin, and we were at one of my uncle's jobs, and. We were messing around with the rocks, and I threw one behind me and hit him in the head. And it put a big old gash in his head, and I told him that if he told him, <laughs> so you're, you're talking about blackmail. <laughs> you're talking about me. <laughs> it fell from the sky, I swear. People are throwing rocks. Yeah. <laughs> and it was actually for good cause. So you guys shared what the, the situation was, but how did it make you or the other person feel? Bad. It made the other person feel bad, or did it make you feel bad? It made me feel bad. Yeah, it probably made you both feel bad in the long run, huh? Now, here's something from Scripture that might um, throw you off. Now, if you were the one being manipulated, this is what Jesus tells us to do. It's out of Matthew six fourteen. I think a lot of us have read this before, but somebody read it out loud. That's right. Okay, so what's the benefit? So what are, what are some of the rewards of forgiving somebody else who has wronged us? That if we're wrong to them, that God will still be there to say, and What if somebody's wronged us? Oh, wronged to us? Yes. If we, what are some of the rewards that we reap by forgiving somebody that has wronged us? Yeah. What do we get for forgiving other people? Cookies. Cookies. <laughs> You're hooked on the cookie thing, aren't you? Sometimes friendships. Uh huh. Sometimes friendships. Okay. Loyalty. Respect. It's right there in the scripture. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. We forgive others. What will happen? God will forgive us. Does it come? Does it go the other way around? God forgives us, and then we can forgive somebody else. That's the <laughs> you're talking about the Lord's prayer, not the not the yeah. No, that's all good. <laughs> so, 
basically in manipulation how it works is you promise somebody else something if they get something for you. Okay, and that's what the witch was doing, right? He promised, she promises Edmund a position of power, which was totally a bold-faced lie. She, he, yeah, thank you, whatever. No, he. He was gonna, she was right. Him, yeah. yeah, exactly. So what, what kind of biblical story? Does this remind you of any kind of biblical story? Deception, manipulation. Satan. It's probably the oldest story in the Bible, next to Job. Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden, Garden yeah. Of Eden. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 pretty crazy, huh? Look at this, Genesis 3, 1 through 5. Can I read it? No, it's crazy. It's pretty long. You want to read it? Yeah. Okay. Would you do it in yes. section? Yes. Now the serpent was the shrewdness, shrewdest of all the creatures the Lord God had made, really. He asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat any of the fruit in the garden? Of course we may eat it, the woman told them. It is only the fruit from a tree at the center of the garden that we must not, we are not allowed to eat. God says we must not eat it or even touch it or we will die. You won't die. The serpent hissed. God knows that your eyes will be open when you eat it. You will become just like God, knowing everything, both God and people. Or good and evil. Where's the manipulation going on there? That's true. So Edmund gets on board with this plan, right? And she, he agrees to betray his own family for some Turkish delight. Oh, isn't this exciting? You know, a position of power for food. Can you imagine? I mean, if I'm going to turn in my brother, I would do it for something a little more than Turkish delight. <laughs> I mean, give me a car or something. <laughs> no. Give me like a large castle on like 2,000 men. With fully armed and a bunch of gold and stuff and food, then maybe. So, but but he's doing it right. He's doing it thinking that it's for his own good, right? That he's going to be a, a guy in power in the long run. So, guys, some guys, guys, sometimes our own flesh rebels against the job that we're supposed to be doing for God. Just like the witch had had lied to Edmund, the devil lies to us all the time. He tries to convince us that our own way is going to be better, all the time. God knows what he's doing. And if he wants us to trust in him, knowing that he has a path, we need to know that he has a path set up for us that's better than anything that you or I could ever come up with on our own. We all have desires and we all have wants in our life. But do we ever take a second to wonder and ask God if it's really his desire for us? Do we? Do we? Because I think a lot of us we, we, we don't really fear God in that sense. We don't respect Him in that sense. We, we, we honor Him with our mouths, but we kind of deny Him by our lifestyle a lot of times. We gotta, you know, it's a conviction in my heart. I'm not trying to push my conviction on you right now, but it is something that uh, I think it's still truth. You know, we, need to, we need to bring our desires and hopes before God. So again, lift, letting our, our, our things go in our balloons like that, I think is a good, it's a good step forward even if you didn't want to do it. I just saw a movie the other night called The Rookie. Have you guys ever seen this movie? Yeah. It is really good. Baseball. About baseball. Right? It's an inspiring movie, isn't it? Especially, well, why, why is it inspiring? Because it's an old guy who gets to go play in the major leagues, right? <laughs> oh, it should be more inspiring to somebody my age than it should be inspiring to somebody your age. <laughs> But 
So let me, let me just recap for you, right? Okay. So this movie, basically, it's about this guy who wants nothing more than be a baseball player his whole life, and he encounters all these obstacles, especially from his family. Um, he lacks this encouragement from his father, especially. Then he, he blows out his shoulder, ruining his lifelong dream to play tennis in the major leagues. So he becomes a science teacher and a baseball coach at his local high school. After one of his practices, his catcher, one of his catchers comes up to him and he asks him if he would like to, to throw for him or throw to him. So it turns out this 40-year-old guy can still throw faster than most people in the big leagues. 40 years old. It, it comes to a point where he has an opportunity to get into the major leagues. Basically, his baseball team is doing, is doing horrible and they've basically given up. They think that they stink and they'll never go anywhere. And uh, they see him pitch. And they're like, Coach, if we, can, if we win the district um, finals, you got to go try out. Well, it turns out they do their best. They, they win the district finals. He goes and he tries out, and he gets on the league. He, he throws it like a, I think it was a 97 or something like that. 97 miles an hour? Oh, yeah, I remember. No, I think like, Nolan Ryan had one of the fastest. Like, Brett Favre, he's 40 years old, he's so close to football. But see, he goes, what happens is that when he makes it into the, this is a guy that already has three kids and a wife, and he's, he's in Texas, and, and he has his opportunity to go play Major League Baseball, and what he does is he goes to his dad, and his dad, of all people, he's like, he, can, he tries to get him some, give him some advice, he's like, Dad, I need some advice, and this is what his dad says. <laughs> he says, son, your grandfather told me one day that it's okay to think about what you want to do until it's time to start doing what you're meant to do. It's okay to think about what you want to do until it's time to start thinking about what you're meant to do. See, again, if you try to make it on your own, you're just going to suffer the same fate as Edmund did. You're going to have the harder, the harder road to walk. And a lot of times we, in our own lifestyles, when we get caught up in sin, it hinders the path that God has given for us. It's like we take this rabbit trail and it gets all bumpy over here where this road is narrow, sure, and it, but it's going to be a lot easier to follow this road than to take this rabbit trail. And you're going to go all wandering around over here and eventually God's going to put you back over here. But over here is going to be full of heartache, you know, a lot of consequences. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> It's better and easier just to accept your job and trust that God knows what he's, gonna, what he's talking about. Okay? There's an example of this uh, um, also in the Bible found in the story of Moses. Okay? The Israelites had been in slavery to the Egyptians for about how long? Anybody know that? I don't expect you to know that. Good job, man. 400 years. 400 years. And God got tired of it. So what does he do? He appears to Moses and he tells him, uh, guess what, Moses? <laughs> I know what you're, you're, you're meant to do. <laughs> you get to free the slaves from Egypt. All right. So here you go. First scripture. Um, it says, Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You will lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. That's pretty cool how it is. You'll lead my... Wow. Can you imagine that? What if God just showed up to you one day and said, Hey, your role... Let's go to Afghanistan and free all the uh, MIAs and POWs. Uh, that's a big uh, by yourself. Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing. You know, God calls you to do it. You just got to take your step forward. In fact, Abraham, when he was called, God, when Abraham was first called, God said to Abraham, Go. Just go. <laughs> 
That is basically it. Just, don't, don't do anything, just go. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, and he said, go to the land that I will show you. Go, okay. Just keep walking. Okay, stop right there. Back up. 157 to the left. Yeah. X marks the spot. Boink. Okay. Now dig here. Yeah. Oh, man. But back to Moses, okay? Back to Moses. Did you know that um, Moses killed somebody? Really? Oh, yeah. He killed that Pharaoh. Oh, oh, oh. No, it's of Egypt. Yeah, he killed somebody. In fact, here's, here, here it is in, in the passage of Scripture, so you guys know I'm not telling you a lie, okay? I'm not manipulating you here. This is truth. It's from the Scripture. Okay. Many years later, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his people, the Israelites, and he saw how hard they, how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of, his Hebrew sla- one of the Hebrew slaves. After looking around to make sure nobody was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. The next day, as Moses was out visiting his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. What are you doing hitting your neighbor like that, Moses said to the, to the one in the wrong. Who do you think you are, the man replied. Who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Do you plan to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? It's funny, little did the guy know that he was going to be taken. <laughs> Anyways, um, so, so basically, I bring this up because God still used him. You know, you may have screwed up, and I, like I said, you know, you're walking the path that God has for you, and maybe you take this rabbit, ta- rabbit trail of lust and sin and, and uh, you know, desires, selfish desires, but, you know, during all this consequence of stuff, God's going to be disciplining you only to bring you back to Him, not so that He can punish you and make you feel miserable and that you'll die out here in the wasteland. You know, He wants you to come back, and He's going to do what He has to do to get you back to Him. You know? So, but here's the thing. For whatever reason, Moses is still, guess what? He refused the assignment that God gave him. Multiple times, over and over again. Here's a couple of scriptures. Uh, Exodus 3.11. He says, but who am I to appear before Pharaoh, Moses? God, Moses asked God. How can you expect me to lead the Israelites out of Egypt? <laughs> you guys know the story of how Moses grew up? Yeah. How did he grew up? Yeah. Yeah. He just grew up. He just he was born at a very young age, yes. And then I know the story that Saul had to give him up. You're wascally eleven? And then this this lady, the king's wife, daughter found him and raised him and then he became a prince. He grew up in Pharaoh's household, man. This is the guy that he, he's going to go free the slaves from Pharaoh's household who he grew up in Pharaoh's household. He was a Jew just like the other Israelites. But Jews were looked down upon by the Egyptians. How is he supposed to now turn his back on Pharaoh and take all of his slaves? You know, He kept giving God all these excuses. Here's another one. But Moses protested, If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your, of your ancestors has sent me to you, they won't believe me. They will ask, which God are you talking about? <laughs> what is his name? Then what should I tell them? The next chapter over, Exodus 4.1 says, but Moses protested again, look, they won't believe me. They won't do what I tell them. They'll just say, the Lord never appeared to you. And the next uh, verse, Moses, but Moses pleaded, it's 4.10, Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh Lord, I'm just not a good speaker. 
I never have been, and I'm not now. Even after you have spoken to me, I'm clumsy with words. Some, some scholars think that he might have had a speech impediment or, or he stuttered. God even does all these kinds of miracles just to prove to Moses that he would be with him and he still won't accept it. But Moses again pleaded, Exodus 4.13, Lord, please send someone else. Jeez. Have you ever been to your parents and just beg them to let you go to a party or let you go somewhere and you just keep going back to them, but mom, I really want to go. If you let me go, I'll take the trash out the rest of my life. And all my friends will be there. And do they ever get down? They're like, shut up. Go to your room. Take these handcuffs and this, this duct tape. I don't care how you use it. Just put them on your body and leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I think this is kind of how God was getting with Moses. Finally, God says this. Exodus 4.14 Then the Lord became angry with Moses. Alright, he said. What about your brother Aaron, the Levite? He's a good speaker. And look, he's on his way to meet you right now. <laughs> and when he sees you, he will be very glad. He's probably like, yes. So basically, Aaron comes alongside of Moses to be his interpreter, right? So guys, this is, listen up. You need to know this right now, that it's tough to derail God's plans for you. Moses still went, even with all his objections and stuff. Don't fight God. Just do it. Yeah. Trust in Him. Have faith. It's going gonna, it's gonna to work out. You know? How many times have you ever felt God's voice inside of you telling you what to do, only to talk back and explain why you, you can't do it? Well, but my, my friends are over here smoking, like... Hey, man, you got an extra one of those? <laughs> and all the time you're doing it, you're like, you're like not even breathing in, you're just kind of holding it to your lips. <laughs> you know? I was there, I, done, I did it. I did it. But, in fact, my biggest conviction I had when I got saved was my, my, my uh, verbiage, my mouth. I had a dirty mouth. Talked it up with the worst of them. We had a, uh, a gang up here called the Road Dogs. Another, another, gang, another gang called the BBG. The Big Bear Gangsters, you know, woo! I don't know if they, they might still be around. I don't know. I don't want to talk down about them, but you know, I hung out. But these are these are these two. <laughs> these two. These two gangs were actually uh, rivals with each other, and I, I was actually friends, guys. Come on. I was actually friends with both of these gangs. You know, people from both of these gangs. So. You know, when I got saved and my, my, my mouth started cleaning up, you know, I started pulling away from these guys. And um, there, there were two, and I, I saw some gnarly things during those times. <laughs> but, um, no, no. I knew that guys would get you roused, roused up. But um, you know what? When God changed and He started convicting me about my language, everything else started falling into place. You know, all I needed to do was try to get myself disciplined in one area. And, you know, things just started falling off. And, you know, I started just, at you know, first it was the cussing thing. Then, it, then you know, the smoking thing just kind of you know, never bothered me. And drinking was not a big deal. It just, it all was just gone, you know. You give up something for God, it's like he replaces it with something that's so incredible that it becomes easier to overcome other obstacles in your life. Um, so, you know, think about that. Aside from the plans and things that you've given to God, but what are some of those secret sins that are in your heart that, that maybe are holding you and binding you from actually doing what God wants you to do? We, give, we've given, we gave up our desires, which is great, but God says, 
thank you for giving me your desires. I still want your heart. You can go to church all day long and God can still not have your heart. You may, you may be able to avoid God's will for your life for a while. But like I said, He's still going to bring you back. In fact, look at what Moses actually ended up accomplishing in his lifetime. He led the Israelites out of Egypt. He gave them the first laws known as the Ten Commandments. The first five books. Now, remember the quote that from the rookie that um, his his dad gave him. He said, "You know, it's okay to think about what you want to do until it's time to start doing what you're meant to do." You know, you can be reluctant, and it's okay to be that way for a little while for, of what God wants from you. But you need to accept what he has for you. Moses was just a shepherd. We're almost done. Can you just just try to focus on You can just re- tell you what, be responsible for yourself. Let them be responsible for themselves. Moses was just a shepherd, but God wanted him to be a leader. Edmund was just a schoolboy, but he was meant to fulfill a great prophecy. Edmund was too busy working for the witch when he should have been busy with the other kids, and he missed out on a pretty incredible gift. What does God have for you? Let's boil this down. What does God have for you? Do you even really know? Does it seem really hard and scary? It might be. That's okay. It's okay for it to be scary. But he has big plans for you guys. and He's going to be right there every step of the way, but we have to give it to God. Is anybody a senior in here? Do you have any juniors? Juniors? Okay. You guys are in a pivotal time right now. Listen. You guys are in a pivotal time as juniors especially where you're finalizing what you're going to be doing that's going to determine whether you go to further on further education or whether you're going to go right into the workforce. It's pivotal for you. This is the most important time for you especially. Guys, freshmen, sophomores, it's, it's, it's important for you too. Don't get me wrong. You guys need to know who you're serving. But juniors, seniors, the rate of people that fall away from the Lord and go back and just live horrible lives is incredible. The rate is, is insane. The dropout rate is something like 7 out of 10 people will actually leave their faith after high school. It's, it's ridiculous. But, so this is why it's important. You know, we need to... You guys are our future. If you think the nation looks bad now, what, are, what will it look like in the future down the road when you guys are in charge? We've got to have a biblical, firm understanding that Jesus Christ is who he says he is and that he will lead the way if we give everything to him. We can lead other people. So remember we talked about being uh, leaders of influence. We're all leaders. How far do we want to take our leadership with God? You know, If you want to do more about his plans for your life, we need to ask him. And don't be afraid of his answer. You know, The key is in trusting him. We've talked, we said that multiple times tonight, trusting him. But we need to step out in faith so that he can use us to touch those around us. 
So let's all just bow our heads real quick. Let's just close our eyes. And let's get a little more serious than letting balloons fly in the air. Let's get really serious with God right now. Okay? Just turn out your friends around you. Let's, let's ask God what really is His will for us, His perfect, pleasing will. God, tonight we come before you, Lord. We know that, our, that what you want for us, God. We know that our desire in our heart right now before you is to serve you, God. And we know that there are things in our lives right now. Let's take one thing. If you have something in your, in your mind right now, something that's going through your mind that you know is a stumbling block, something that you struggle with, that you need to give to God. Let's just give that to God right now. Father, these things that we struggle with that hinder us from accomplishing your will for our lives, and God, we give them to you right now, God. There's a song that says, Lord, I give you my life, I give you my soul. Let's really mean that tonight. We want to be life planet changers. We want to change our high school for Jesus. But it starts with us. We have to have that personal revival within us. Oh, God, start that personal revival in us. God, stir us up. Take us beyond our normal Christianity, God. We want to see you move in our lives, God. God, some of us have made decisions and and choices even recently that have stalled out your work in our lives or have hindered your work in our lives, God, and we apologize, we repent of those things, God, and we know there's still things that we have to go through before we can get back on path with you once again, God, but I pray that you would give us grace in this journey. God, I thank you for every one of us here, every person that you place in this youth group, God. You have a perfect, pleasing will for them, God. I pray that you surround them with friends that love you, that will will challenge them to live godly lives, challenge them to do things that are right. And God, help us not to fall into the manipulation of the enemy. God, cause us to put on the full armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. Help us to take up the shield of faith. And God, learn us, teach us how to wield the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. God, plant your word into our hearts so that we might know you more. God, this is all for you tonight. Lord, thank you for the work that you're doing. God, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.